everybody. Welcome back to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. Well, thank you so much for coming and listening to us. We are here today back again with the Why I Believe series. So we're just going to jump right on into it. That's all we're doing. And uh, on our last episode, we talked about why live holiness. So we hope you enjoyed that. And if you have any comments, suggestions, criticism, anything, you can send us an email at 2 ps 21 at yahoo.com. That's T W O 21 P E A S, sorry, 21 at yahoo.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at the 2 ps on a pod 21, and we'll get that and um, anything you want to send to us. And so today's topic is going to be holiness in your speech and so we're going to keep talking about um, this topic of holiness it might be might take a little while and uh, but holiness in your speech and so the scripture i'm just going to jump right into it with this is ephesians chapter 4 verse number 29 and the bible says let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth Well, that's pretty straightforward. Yes, it is. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So we look first I want to look at that word corrupt. That word corrupt here in the Greek, which you know the New Testament was written in originally, the word corrupt there means rotten, bad, or worthless. And so let no rotten, let no bad communication proceed out of your mouth what is that i think pretty self-explanatory really cursing right profanity bad jokes filthy stories sexual things vulgarity and so on and so forth should never proceed out of your mouth in a group of your co-workers and your friends and your family you don't talk about these things right you don't you don't share in the filthy jokes, and so instead of that, we are called to replace that corrupt, worthless communication with good, wholesome, holiness, clean vocabulary. Right. We don't laugh at sinful jokes. We don't laugh at dirty jokes. You know, the people, the coworkers on the job, they're always telling nasty jokes all the time. They're always saying, "Hey, come over here and look at my phone." Hey, come over here. I want to tell you a joke. And everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. You know, everybody wants to cut it up and laugh. And, you know, it just ain't funny. It's nasty. It's not wholesome. It's not holy. And I just don't take part in that. And I remember, you know, I know we're talking about speech, but, you know, they say look at the phone or whatever. And usually when it came down my row, and if I had some church people with me, they'd just say, oh, you don't want to see that. And so anyways, so if you don't partake, and some of the things that your coworkers do or your family or friends, eventually they're just going to leave you alone most of the time. But anyways, you go over to Colossians 3 and 8, and it says almost the exact same thing. And I'm going to let Brother Zach talk a minute here. It says, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. And then this is what Paul says, filthy communication, again, out of your mouth and this word filthy right here in the greek means vile dirty and unclean and i think we can all say that curseful language is unclean yeah and you know that's something that's accepted not not just in religious realms but also in in some secular realms like uh your united states senate 
and things. You know, there, there's a there's a code of conduct that is expected out of you. And I know that they curse and things sometimes in the uh, Senate and things, but they're supposed to have a code that they abide by. And there's some things that are just, they're not acceptable. And I even heard a, a talk show host one time on the radio, he was talking about people that use curse words. He said they do that because they don't know what else to say. And they, they, that their vocabulary is not big enough for them to talk um, eloquently or educated enough uh, to, to talk about a subject without using those kind of words. They're just filler words. He said a lot of times when you hear them using curse words, it's just something to be saying because they don't have anything else to say on the subject. And I don't know if that's necessarily always the truth or if he was just throwing jabs. But still, there is a code of conduct that's expected in a courthouse um, in in other settings, that those kind of words are not acceptable to use, and so it's certainly within the realms of a Christian, there are certain things that are expected of us, and one of them is a clean mouth, because out of the mouth, uh, the, from the abundance of the heart, the Bible said, the mouth speaketh, and so whatever's in our heart is what's going to come out. So if you're going around, and you're talking dirty, you're talking nasty, you're saying curse words, then that's what's in your heart, and it's it gives off a light to the others around you of what's on the inside of you and as christians and as people professing godliness then we are to be clean in our heart and thus in our speech my pastor that i grew up under he would preach and he would say this he would say your mouth is where your heart is just like you said but he would always say your heart is a well and your mouth is the bucket yeah and he would just say everything that's down in the well that's what the bucket's gonna get it's it's just bringing up What's down there? Yeah. There, there's no, you, you know, it's just whatever's down there. That's what the bucket brings up. Right. And that's exactly the way it is. And this ain't just my opinion. This ain't the two peas on a pod podcast opinion. This is the Bible. And that's what we promised when we said we was going to put um, this podcast out here. And when we was going to start this series, we said we was going to give the Bible. And the Bible says, and we read you several scriptures, but the Bible says James chapter 3 is one of the most powerful portions of scripture regarding the tongue, which would be your speech. Yeah. And I'm just going to run through it. I don't want to read all these scriptures for the sake of time. But it says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. Mm-hmm. If you've never offended anybody with your yeah. words, you're perfect. <laughs> I want to shake your hand because you're the most perfect yeah. man in the world. And it said, and able also to bridle the whole body. For if you can bridle your tongue, right, you can bridle the whole body. And it says, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. That little tiny little bit compared to a horse is nothing. Mm -hmm. But that little tiny bit in its mouth can control everything that a horse does. And then it goes on to talk about um, those things that are in the ship. It talks about... um, The thing that keeps the ship going, it keeps the ship going left and right there in verse number four. And it says, even so the tongue is a little member. It is a very tiny member, but it boasteth great things. Behold, how great a man or a little fire kindleth. Yeah. What things a tongue can do. Right. Proverbs 18, 21 said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death that's exactly right. In the power of. And that's just like a courthouse, too, because when they say something, it's guilty prison forever yeah. or free forever. It's mm-hmm. what the judge says. It's death or life. Yeah. And it's, it's ain't that the exact same way in this life. You can kill somebody with your words. Yes, you can. Or you can lift them up. Yep. 
Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to bring out. You can uh, you can speak death with your words, or you can speak life with the power of your word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so being holiness in your tongue, uh, like we're talking about here, is not only um, not saying bad stuff, but it's also saying good stuff. And it could you know? be right stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> so, <laughs> knowing not to say it. Yeah, So, but the, the point here is that I'm wanting to make real quick is it's not only um, don't say negative things or uh, filthy things, but we are called to say good things. We're called to lift up one another. Proverbs also speaks of a word fitly spoken. It says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And that fitly spoken means timely. A timely word. And there's nothing more powerful than a timely word. I was talking to my cousin yesterday, one of my cousins, and he was talking about his pastor. And he said that he'd come to church one night and he was making some decisions, some business decisions. And he was going to try to make some uh, some big moves. And he'd been praying about it. And he got to church that night and the pastor began to preach. And he, he just spoke exactly what he needed to hear. And that word was timely. It was right on time. It was right on cue. And it, he talked about how much that has benefited him for a long time now because of a word fitly spoken timely spoken also think of um there's a man in our church brother jack lewis when you think of death and life or in the power of the tongue and and lifting one another up with your tongue because that verse the verse we started with there in ephesians said let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers brother jack lewis is he's gifted with that. He has a great gift to edify with his tongue. He he always speaks words of encouragement. I remember when Shanda had that wreck, he came up and he was crying and he shook our hands and he shook Shanda's hand and uh, he's talking about how grateful he was that she was in service that next night, you know, that, that she wasn't in the hospital. And he's just, he's always been very encouraging growing up. He's got a, a great gift to speak encouragement to, the, to his brothers and sisters, just like we're called to do as Christians. That's exactly right. And uh, James chapter 3, verse 6 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Yeah, a world of iniquity. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that if you defileth ever a public job. You could agree with that. <laughs> it defileth the whole body. A tongue can defile the entire body and set on fire the course of nature as it is set on fire of hell. Yeah, and then it goes on to say, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And then it says, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. And the last verse I'm going to read here in James says, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. Wow. And you see, I was reading after one guy one time, and he said that thou art master of the unspoken word, mm. but the spoken word is the master of you. Yeah. And that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's really good. That's unbelievable because it's exactly right. You can't be held responsible for words that you never said. Right. But once they leave your mouth, it is irreversible. Yeah. It, it can never be changed. And you own them. 
Yeah. You own those words. You said them. They Just come like out of your mouth. When you get arrested, you have the, re- the right to remain silent. Whatever you say can and will be used against you in court. Yeah, that's and exactly so you right. you own the words that you speak. And some people have a reputation for being someone to run their mouth. Being like a fire, it'll, it, it can burn right through a church. Mm-hmm. It can burn right through a job. It can burn right through a home and a family and a town. Yeah. Somebody can be known to cause damage just by their tongue. It can cause so much pain in somebody's life. And right where we're at today, we've got social media. Like, I mean, there's so many outlets, you can't even name them all. Right. You can you can burn somebody up. You can destroy somebody's life. You can tear somebody down on the other side of the world. I mean, simultaneously. Yeah. You can do it in a second's time. And uh, I'm telling you, it don't disappear overnight. But people can do it. And there are people today that are backslid right out of the holiness church, right out of the church of God, because they were hurt by somebody. They, they, they want to switch church or they want to quit. Because they was hurt by somebody. And I want to say right here, just because somebody's hurt you or said something bad about you or cut you down with their tongue, that is not a reason to quit God. Right. That is not no, a reason to not. backslide. If That's it comes down to it, right. if you've got to switch, if it's so bad, you've got to switch a church to get away from it. Switch a church. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not advocating that by any means. I believe in being faithful to your church, your house of God. I mean, I'm a full-time evangelist. I might go three months without being here. But when I'm home, I go to my home church if I'm not out preaching. I mean, I, I believe in being faithful to your church. Right. But if you're just, I mean, if it's it's so bad, you got to get out, then go somewhere. But don't backslide. No, don't. Don't God. put your soul in jeopardy of an eternity in hell. Right. Over somebody else's words. And people are walking around hurt like that right now. You can be bullied across the world. You can be bullied from a screen. And uh, it's unbelievable the things that people go through and the things that people deal with just from people's tongues, from the words that people say. Right. Romans chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Their throat is an open sepulcher with their tongues. They have used deceit, the poison of asps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness so the tongue like we've been talking this whole time it's a powerful member and it has power to to do great hurt so watch what you say watch how you say it watch who who you say it to you know don't don't be going around talking about your brothers and sisters and watch how you treat people it's so important to treat people right and how do we do that most of the time it's with our tongue so you know i know some with our actions as well but a lot of times it's our tongue and we're going to get to that yes right but a lot of times it is our tongue you know what we say can really stick with somebody and it's hard for some people to forget it but if you have ever been hurt let me say this by someone who has said something to you remember that that's not of god that's not godliness and just because somebody said something to you and they're, uh, they're somebody in the church or they're another brother or sister, that doesn't mean that that's all right. And that doesn't mean that we all agree with it. But everybody has their faults. 
everybody has times when they uh, are not maybe at their best. And like Austin said, we cannot lose out with God over what somebody says to us. We've got to go on for God anyway, and we've got to learn to forgive that brother or sister because we don't know. They could have been having a bad day themselves. They could have been having a rough time. And I'm not saying that's an excuse that, that we should never use an excuse, but I'm just saying people are people, and we cannot let words um, destroy us and cause us to lose our soul for all of eternity. And that's exactly right. In Proverbs chapter number six talks about it, it says, These six things doeth the Lord hate, yet seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look. Now watch that. A lion tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that will be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Several of those seven things that God hates has to do with the tongue. Yeah. has to do with words. Yeah. And the church is a house of prayer. The church is a soul-filling station. The church is a hospital for those that are hurting. It's not a place of backstabbing. It's not a place of mouthing no. off. It's not a place of gossipers. It's not a place of somebody to throw their temper around. And you see, we read in our text about man cannot tame a tongue. You know, man can tame lions and tigers and bears, right. all sorts of large, dangerous beasts. But we hold in our mouth the danger that's capable. It's poison. We hold in our mouth something that can destroy things that took years to build up. We can't tame the tongue. No. You can't do it on your own. It takes the Lord to get inside you to tame your tongue. And Jesus even said, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak of good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, just like you mentioned already. And Jesus said, the reason you say those words the reason you curse at home, the reason you talk bad about your pastor and the brethren and preachers, it's a reflection of what's down inside of right. your heart. Yeah, we, we spoke of that or to that point earlier about out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. And James wrote in James 1 and 26, he said, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. If he can't control his own tongue, if he can't control what he's saying, then his religion is vain. If he can't even control his own words and what's coming out of his mouth, then everything that he thinks he has is not not really uh, real. It, it's a vain religion. And you see, you can't change your mouth. I mean, you can't just open up and cut your tongue out and put a new one in. No. That's not what we're talking about. That's no. just silly. You can't get a tongue transplant. But you got to fix your heart. That one guy did. Well, I guess you could if he you got needed a, one. A, but a cow tongue. That, not that for member his, with kiss or whatever. Not for this particular purpose. <laughs> you know, it didn't help him. And uh, but you got to fix your heart. You can't fix your tongue. You got to right. fix your heart. Right. And James tells us the picture. You know, somebody that can say, "Oh, I love Jesus so much. I'm so spiritual. Oh, just love the Lord. I'm just trying to make it to glory." And then they go off on somebody that hate and can't stand. They pronounce a blessing and a cursing right. from the same mouth. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs eighteen and twenty four, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Yeah, you can't. You honestly, you can't just walk around and be just hateful all the time. You can't just go around and just cut people off and just throw a temper around and just you know you got to be nice. You got to be Christ-like. That's what the word Christian is. Right. You got to be Christ-like and treat people 
like you would treat Christ. Yes. You want to treat people like the old saying is, like you want to be treated. I don't want to be treated like gum under somebody's shoe. I want to be treated right. I want to be lifted up. And if somebody says something that you don't agree with or something that you might think is uh, dumb or whatever, just just let it pass off. You know, there's a point to carrying on. There's a point when you see that it's hurting somebody. When you see that it's really, if you're a true child of God and you see that it's hurting somebody, you ain't got no, you ain't got no reason in the world to keep pressing on to try to intentionally hurt somebody. Right. And, you know, it's not a Christian's duty to consistently push on somebody's buttons. <laughs> if you know that button just makes them mad and just, just don't push it. Yeah. And, you know, when you got coworkers, you know what buttons it takes. And it, there's a point in picking and playing. End up with the old saying is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's one of the biggest lies that's ever been told. Yes. And is. because words can cut way deeper than a stick or a stone could ever hurt. Right. Words cut way deeper than any kind of weapon. Yeah. That's exactly right. First Peter chapter three and verse number ten says I think we got a train going by. <laughs> For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So if you, if you want a good life and you want good days, you got to watch your tongue. Don't speak evil. Refrain from evil speaking and refrain from guile coming out of your mouth. That will make your whole life a lot better. And, you know, a lot of people know the things that others are going through, you know, right inside the church. A lot of, especially in our church, families are intertwined, and uh, everybody pretty much knows everything that's going mm-hmm. on when you're all, churches are, they're families. Yeah. Well, the family's intertwined, yeah. they're just all kinds of people marry within each other, and uh, as far, and just this family gets connected to this family, and so on and so forth, And uh, but when's the last time you was in church and just walked up to somebody, you know what they's going through, and said, hey, you know what, I'm praying for you. I appreciate you. When's the last time you encouraged somebody or helped them right. and uh, lifted them up? Your brother and sister said some some kind words and lifted them up. And, uh, you know, there is poison in the tongue. There is. Yes. Tongue is terrible. And uh, if you, just scientifically, if you'll look it up, just scientifically, your tongue can house up to 6 billion bacteria. Compare that to the 7 billion people in the world today, almost one Mm-hmm. For every bacteria that's just on your tongue. And so our tongues are nasty anyways. And then you add in all the poison that we can put from our tongue and from our speech through that. I mean, you got dads that scream and holler at their children and they're scarred for life. Yeah. From from their father or their mother and whatever. But there is poison in the tongue. But there's also power right. in your tongue. And you don't have to use it for poison. You can use it for the kingdom of God. You can use your tongue, your mouth, your speech to sing, to preach, to testify, to witness, to teach, to praise God, yes. to worship, to love, and edify the church. You know, we, we don't need to tear one another down. We don't need another person to tear one another down and gossip, gossip horrible things about one another. We, we've all got our problems. But right now in this world today, we need a strong, holiness church. We need each other. Right. Where where would the church be when yeah. we talked about on a podcast about a man in our church dying? Where where would we be if the church hadn't been there? Where would you be with baby and wedding showers and weddings and births and deaths and hardship and you know dinners and fundraisers? The church we we all chip in. We're we're not like family. Mm-hmm. We the church is not like family. 
We are family. Yeah. There's a difference there. Yeah. Somebody can be like your family, but then there is family. And that's what the church is. We rejoice together, but by the same note, we hurt together. Mm-hmm. And I just want to end with this right here, and we're going to jump off here. And uh, when my wife, I don't know if we've talked about it by this time or not, but my wife broke both her feet at the very same time and uh, fell in our fifth wheel. It's been it's a whole story, but she broke both feet at the very same time, and word spread like wildfire. I mean, there was people all over the country that heard about her breaking her feet. I didn't tell them. I mean, word just, did you hear about Kelly Griffiths? Did you hear about Kelly? I mean, just break her feet. And uh, and so we were new evangelists on the field. We'd only been on like four or five months, and the response of the church was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The response of the church we had, I had all kinds of phone calls. I had texts from, I mean, literally almost all over the country, phone calls and texts, Marco Polos. We had money that was mailed to us in form of checks and stuff in the mail. Yeah. We had extra offerings that came to us, and the help of God's people was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Their, the holiness in their speech, what they said to us, how they lifted us up. And I'll tell you, it was unbelievable. And i tell you right now as we end this, I'm not down on the holiness church. No. I make a living no. preaching, evangelizing all over the country, and I love God's holiness people, and I'm here today. Because of the church. Yes. Holiness people are the best people. I know there's people that's been hurt, and I understand church hurt is real, but uh, I tell you, God's people are good people, and I'm so proud to be part of the holiness people. And so this concludes our episode of Holiness in Your Speech, and I'm sure there's a whole lot more things we could say, but we don't want to just ramble on and do four parts on one topic. So we're just going to hit the highlights and keep moving on, and so stay tuned. Um, for next month's episodes, remember, Why I Believe series is going to be on the first and third Thursdays of every month. And uh, as far as we can tell, as far as time allows us, and Lord willing, we're going to be doing that. And then also continue to follow our normal Tuesday podcast uh, schedule every Tuesday morning with our normal stuff. So we appreciate you listening, and we will see you later. God bless you. of life I've run. The Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be